The Fourth Wall, Episode 19, Jake Kasdan. You're listening to The Fourth Wall, a podcast that takes you beyond the screen or the page and brings you into our conversations with the creative people behind your favorite movies, TV shows, comics, and more. My name is Michael R. I'm the podcast editor here at Den of Geek. And today we're doing a little bit of a flashback in preparation for a sequel that's coming to theaters this winter. And it's an interview with Jumanji director Jake Kasdan. And of course, if you guys watched Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle back in 2017, it was a huge hit for Sony and even beat Star Wars at the box office at the time. And now Jumanji 2 is predictably on the way. On December 13th, it will premiere, and Jake Kasdan is the director of both movies. And so this interview that we're sharing with you is with the director just as the first movie was about to come out on DVD and Blu-ray. And we wanted to talk to him a little bit about the success of the movie, how it just beat all expectations, and about you know some features that might show up on the DVD as well. Now, if you're not familiar with the premise of this movie, It's based on a Chris Van Allsburg picture book, which originally had some kids being pulled into a board game that came to life around them. But in this movie's version of it, Jumanji is a video game and a group of friends gets pulled into that as well. And the characters in the video game are played by some very recognizable faces in the form of Dwayne Johnson, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. And all of those actors are back for the sequel as are the kids that got pulled into the video game in the first movie, which is Spencer played by Alex Wolf, Fridge played by Sir Darius Blaine, Martha played by Morgan Turner, and Bethany played by Madison Eisman. But the premise is a little bit different this time as Spencer does feel like his friendships have faded since the first movie. Uh, They've drifted back apart again. And perhaps in an effort to bring his friends back together, he starts fiddling with the game cartridge that was destroyed in the first movie to prevent them from getting sucked in or anyone else getting sucked into the game again. And of course, his friends have to reunite to figure out what happened to Spencer, who gets sucked into the game once more. But this time, the configuration is a little bit different. Only Martha ends up in her original character, the one played by Karen Gillan. Uh, The rest of them are mixed up a bit. And in fact, Danny DeVito, who plays Spencer's grandfather, get sucked into the character played by Dwayne Johnson and Danny Glover, who's a a friend of Spencer's grandfather that's at the house at the time, gets sucked into Kevin Hart's body and poor fridge. uh, Just like Bethany got stuck inside of Jack Black's character in the first movie. This time it's fridges turn to be in Jack Black's body. So all these different actors get to sort of put on their best uh, old man voices and otherwise, to entertain us in a completely different manner, but it looks like it's going to be the quest to find out what happened to Spencer. And I'm actually also curious if Bethany got sucked in, which character did she end up in? (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this version of events. But as I mentioned, Jumanji two, which is known as the next level does premiere on December 13th. And this interview we had with Jake Kasdan was actually recorded as part of our den of geek podcast, which is now no longer being published, but This was originally an interview segment on the fourth edition of that podcast back in March of 2018. So this is a rebroadcast of an earlier interview, but I think it still holds up and is applicable as we anticipate the release of Jumanji 2, The Next Level. 
Hi, Mr. Kasdan. Thanks for joining me today. Ah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for getting on the phone. Yeah, it's uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I'm very excited uh, to talk about it. Great ensemble cast and just funny all the way through. So, Thank you. That's great to hear. Before we get too far into some aspects of the movie that I'm wondering about, we've got this DVD Blu-ray release that's coming up yeah. on March 20th. So what are some of the extras that the audience can expect to enjoy? Well, there's a gag reel that I think it's short, but I think funny and <laughs> Healing gives you a little bit of a sense of what the guys are all like, what the four of them, the five of them are all like, and how much fun it was to make the movie. There's some really good making of pieces that they, they did a nice, really nice job with, and I sort of worked with them on them a little bit. And then um, there's one that I really like, actually, which is we did sort of an in-depth, you know, like a five or six minute piece about um, the rhino chase in the canyon and how we did that and i i love that one <laughs> any director's commentary uh you know i didn't do commentary on this but we put the time into this you know the little featurettes well, that's very cool now the, since this version of jumanji is based on a video game rather than a board game were you at all worried going into it that traditionally you know video game movies don't necessarily do all that well or was it different since it's not really a real video game. Yeah, um, I think it was different. And I think that that was something that um, we talked about. And part of it was not so much for that reason. I mean, we were just trying to do this movie the most right way that we could figure out to do it. But, you know, I was very focused on not having the world of the game feel artificial it was important to me that it feel really real you know and that even though they're in a video game and certain video game conceits and rules apply and sort of drive some of the drama and some of the comedy what you're looking at the actual imagery and sort of textures and feel of it would be just like you've been transported to a different place and now you're really there and it's real dirt and real sky and you know what i mean um flesh and blood people and it, that it would not have like a, an artificiality that, that a lot of times I think video game stuff has. And I think that was an important way of separating it from, from video game movies that have struggled. And also, you know, it wasn't a real game and we were doing it in a way that was literally self-conscious. You know, they're talking about the fact that they're in a video game all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it opens up, sort of a different kind of sensibility, I think. And I think it probably also helps that you have such great characters. And in fact, some of the interludes yeah. from the adventure, such as Bethany learning how to pee or Spencer smoldering or Martha trying to flirt, those scenes had such awesome pacing, okay. even though it must have been tough to decide how long they should run to not overdo it. Like, For example, how much latitude were the actors given to improvise in those scenes and how hard were they to edit? You know, they were given the, a lot of latitude. There wasn't a ton of improv. There was some. I've done things that have had much more, partly because even a lot of the stuff that seems rel like relatively straightforward dialogue, and it is relatively straightforward dialogue, same, but there's, there's some digital component to, or, you know, effect component to a lot of it. Either we're some kind of set extension or there's a 
four people talking, but then there's like these pop-up menus. You know, it just it required a fair <laughs> amount of just planning ahead of time. Um, but that said, they're brilliantly funny people. So, you know, you'd be crazy not to give them a little bit of room to make it their own and fill it out and give it sort of its own life. And they were great at that, you know. And now there were some interesting uh, decisions that I can only think must have come from the director's chair, such as having Van Pelt's minions on motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, it just struck the right tone, but yeah. certainly not your typical jungle vehicles and probably, yeah. I guess, very logistically difficult to handle in some of those scenes, right? Yeah, the idea actually was in the script before I came on, and I thought it was a cool idea. It's true that it's not obvious, but I, I think like you're saying, it sort of just felt kind of right for some reason, you know, that it was we, we would need to expand out the palette in different ways to make it a sort of more complete world. And that felt like these rugged, almost off-road motorcycles were like an interesting, cool way of doing it. And it was just, and, and it does feel sort of video game, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> like something that might exist in a game like this. But then when you see it in real life, it's got a whole different kind of scarier you know <laughs> yeah they're they're more threatening and it was important to us that they be legitimately threatening you know now there's a small nod to the original jumanji when we see alex who was stuck in the game for 20 years living in a hut built by alan Parrish, who is robin williams character from the 95 film yeah are there any other touches from either that earlier film or maybe chris van allsburg original picture book that you preserved well our movie is very different from the original movie and even more different from the picture book. Although the picture book is evocative of a feeling that I think infuses both movies, you know? Yeah. In terms of referencing the original movie, there are a few other little things in the imagery and we have actually have a feature out on the Blu-ray that sort of talks about this, but, um, there are visual details throughout that we're sort of referencing the original movie. Now, you come from an acting and directing family, so you're likely used to all sorts of film sets, and you've, of course, done a lot of television. But this is your first big-budget film. Do you think your wide and varied experience that goes all the way back to being on The Big Chill <laughs> and beyond is part of why this movie has cleared over $850 million worldwide? <laughs> No, uh, I think that, um, I mean, on some level, I think, you know, it all, all of your experiences, right. Kind of a mass to, it's like one of the things you are is the sum of your experiences. Right. 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 Yeah. So I definitely felt like this was radically different from anything else I'd ever done, but it was exciting and sort of exhilarating to be working in this mode. And it felt very surprisingly comfortable given how many new aspects of it there were. And I really loved making a movie like this that was, you know, for broader audience, you know, the first thing I've done in a long time that wasn't an R rated comedy, which I also love, but it was, great to just sort of change up the language to have scenes that in a really funny movie but that you know hopefully a really funny movie to have scenes that aren't entirely about comedy and you know different kinds of tension and different kinds of 
emotional content and like I, I loved the experience of it. Well, we sure enjoyed it on the other end. So thank you very much for uh, talking to me today about it. I'm so glad to hear that. Thanks for saying it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for talking. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jay Kasdan. He had a lot of great things to share with us about some behind the scenes motivations and, and things that happened while filming the first movie. But I also really enjoyed that Mr. Kasdan was very surprised. It seemed almost that I had enjoyed the movie as did a lot of other people uh, so much. Um, He definitely seemed to take that praise and appreciate it very much as though the $800 million plus box office gross wasn't (laughs) appreciation enough. So I think the the sequel is in good hands with uh, Jake Kasdan returning as director and producer. And once again, Jumanji 2, which is Jumanji The Next Level, is actually going up against Star Wars once again as it premieres right around the same time as Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Jumanji The Next Level will open on December 13th in theaters. So that's something to look forward to for your holiday season. But that'll wrap things up for this episode of the Fourth Wall Podcast. Come back in two weeks for the next edition, where we'll be breaking through the fourth wall once again to talk to another creator or performer behind the entertainment that you love. Remember to follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. My name is Michael R., and you can follow me at Mike Sci-Fi. Find more content at denofgeek.com, and thanks for listening. Join us again next time, Beyond the Fourth Wall. <laughs>